You are a part of the lucky 10,000 with your host, Evan. A stubborn guy, but brilliant, highly intelligent, eccentric, quite true. But the image of his being some kind of a dumbbell is, is absolutely wrong. Hey guys, this is Evan with the Lucky 10,000, the podcast that gets you luckier than taking a couple of strokes off your golf game. Strokes, strokes, hey. What, 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 why? We'll explain that in a second. But first we <laughs> want to thank Podbean and Stitcher for having us, the Tangent Bound Network for keeping us. And uh, if you want to get in touch with us, Lucky 10,000 at Gmail. Our uh, Twitter is at Lucky underscore 10K. And I'm, I'm uh, doing this episode from a slightly unusual place for us, although we have been here before. It is the Steampunk Library in downtown Anderson, South Carolina, the home of the other one of the other podcasts on our network, Teddy and the Baseman. Teddy the Baseman, how are you guys doing? Ooh, we're doing hey. great. Thank you for having us. Thank you for being on. And yes, uh, I just made a very cruel joke to my friend Trevor. Uh, <laughs> if you don't listen to Teddy and the Baseman, the one thing I can tell you is you're right not to. Now, I'm kidding. Oh. I'm kidding. Oh. What you should do if you want to get to know Teddy and the Baseman is, what episode was it where you guys talked about the stroke? It was the most recent one. Is that 37? Uh, yes, I think it was episode 37. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, they are great people. They do a great podcast. Uh, I'm so happy to have them on our network. But they went through some some really hard personal stuff a few months ago, and it is my favorite and i've been on their show like three or four times but it, they the podcast where it's just the two of them talking about that experience is my favorite podcast they've ever done and one of the better podcast episodes of anything that i've heard because it's it's so honest and it, it's still hopeful you guys you could tell you guys have just come through just gotten out of the other end of absolute hell and are yeah. so grateful to be there but also like revisiting that without being maudlin about it or without being oh feel bad for me it was i think if anyone goes through something like that you have to hear this episode if you've never been in through anything like that you probably know someone that has so you should listen to that episode so but this episode yes. because you know that my uh, co-host emily is no longer with us i mean she's still alive <laughs> she's just in Texas. Apes. But so I decided to start doing a different co-host each week and to do these Unsolved Mysteries. I, I'll be honest, I have no idea when this episode is going to air because we're recording it first, but I haven't recorded anything else. And we're going to do the first episode of the new season with Emily as sort of a farewell. So I have no idea how long that's going to take <laughs> or when this episode is going to go up. But I thought, okay, I would love to have Trevor and Teddy on what could we tell what unsolved mystery could we tell oh yeah that's right Trevor was a homicide detective in London for like 10 15 years yeah. 20 years something yeah. like that and I know that he has a passion for Jack the Ripper so why not fucking talk about Jack the Ripper when did you when did you first become fascinated by well I think it's sort of ingrained in you when you joined the police Oh sure! I thought you were going to say when you're English, <laughs> like, yeah, but from the time you can talk, <laughs> you're going to learn about Jack the Ripper. If you're from London, yes. Yeah. The thing is, you know, if you've been into London, yeah. and been to the the venues, uh, some of them have changed. Right, you know, they're, they're they're not a back alleys anymore. I know um, where uh, Mary Kelly died. It's now like a parking lot or something, isn't it? I yeah, literally just yeah. heard that on the but way over totally here. Totally changed yeah. the geography of yeah. A lot of it's they're still enough 
venues mm -hmm. that look approximately the same, mm -hmm. but you can sit or sort of stand in the area and think, okay, uh, you know, the, the White Chapel's not as bad as it was. No, I hope not. <laughs> but it, but it's, it's still a, a it's, bit it's, seedy. But I mean, there is, I, I would, because London is really not that big of a city. I mean, I'm sure that, no. that, that no. you know, because I've talked about this with, with Catherine before. America's so expansive. Another episode we're going to do this season, we may have already recorded it by now, I don't know, it was going to be about the Zodiac. Mm -hmm. But that's out in Tuckin, California. That right. feels like ages away. But in London, you're not that far from all of these areas where these women no. were killed. No. Yeah. And some yeah. of them, while they have changed drastically, I have walked through parts of London that still you wouldn't be surprised to see Charles Dickens. Yeah, woman. absolutely. They still have this kind of look about them that that hasn't changed. So there's still that that aura. Yeah, of, of and you know, I, there there is something like I can't put my finger on why it's so fascinating, other than the fact that it is unsolved. Mm -hmm. But like you guys are both into like steampunky stuff in Victorian England, and oh, there's definitely. I think not only the act, but the time and the place. This is there's a video game I'm playing. I was playing called the uh, uh, Assassin's Creed. Fuck, I can't remember which one it is. But it, if you're a video gamer, if you video gamer, I sound like an old lady. If you're a video gamer, <laughs> if you're a gamer that likes Assassin's Creed, you know this one. It takes place in Victorian England, but then downloadable content is you investigate the Ripper murders. Oh wow! And you actually like it was so awesome because there's a moment. This is like a year after they happened. So there's a moment where your character's in the place where, say, the first murder occurred. And then all of a sudden you get this sort of holographic, like, there's where the body was. Mm -hmm. And there's where this thing was. It's really cool. Well, I have to say that when I was there, two things struck me. Mm -hmm. We went to... Now, did you guys do the Ripper tour? We didn't do the Ripper tour, but we, we went to the London Dungeon, oh, okay. which is... A little bit of a tourist, yeah. touristy thing now. But one of the things they did is they 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 highlighted on the Ripper murders, right. and I remember that the the guy playing Jack the Ripper, mm -hmm. him saying something. Was he, was he bad? Was he really hammy? He was hammy, but he said something that really has has never left me. Yeah. We we were in there, and the, there's an actress playing one of the mm -hmm. early victims, and. He, you see, like a knife comes slashing, and you hear a scream, and several people kind of laughed. Yeah, and I remember him turning on everyone, and he didn't do it in a menacing way, but he just turned and he said, "Do not forget for one moment, right? That these were real people, right? There's a certain guilt to being fascinated yeah. by it too, because yeah. it's like it's like you know, uh, I heard this on because uh, we 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 talked about uh, Jim Norton before, and I think it was an episode of Opie and Anthony, maybe an episode of Jim and Sam, where they talked about the fact that there are now uh, rides, inflatable rides that kids can order for birthday parties of the Titanic. Like you, it's like a slide. You you blow it up and you slide down the kind of at an angle and you slide down oh it like an inflatable slide. And it's fun and it's whatever. But then you go like, wait, didn't a thousand people die? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Terribly. Yeah. And, yes. and also, you as you said, it was kind of a perfect storm as yeah. far as time and place because there's though, been plenty of serial killers after then. Yeah. None. Have held on to the people's fascination like the I Ripper has. It, I think it's because basically in Whitechapel, it was a rough place. Yeah. It, even then, it was rough. I mean, the police there saw their fair share of murders, right. and, but they had never seen such gleeful 
destruction. Right. I mean, this person was doing unspeakable things to women. And, Absolutely. And was enjoying it. And the and thing was, too, was, and, and well, now is probably as good a time as any to let's pretend that the audience listening to this has never heard of Jack the Ripper. So I'll just give you guys a brief summary using my trailer guy voice. <laughs> <laughs> My Dolrigar, my Dolrigar. <laughs> Hello, I'm Dolrigar. <laughs> and welcome to London, Whitechapel, 1888, when all of a sudden, out of nowhere, in the Whitechapel area, five prostitutes were viciously murdered. Who did it? Why? How? It has never been solved. And now we bring you Jack the Ripper on the Lucky 10,000, featuring Evan Harris. So, yeah, it was uh, uh, Friday, the 31st of August in 1888. And I thought about that. I was thinking about this the other day, actually. I came up with a kind of because it's hard to remember the names of the they call them the canonical five because right. they're the five that people are pretty sure Jack the Ripper actually right. murdered. Right. And uh, so I came up with a rhyme in my head and I thought it would be really cool. Like kids do it like a nursery rhyme or something, but I'm not going to actually sing it. But the the victims are Marianne Nichols or Polly, Annie Chapman, Elizabeth Stride, Catherine Eddowes and Mary Jane Kelly. And uh, what was it? Um, I came up with uh, Nichols Chapman killed by a madman. Stride and Eddowes went to Happy Meadows. Mary Kelly lost her belly. (laughs) (laughs) Which, again, we were just saying these are real people and I'm very flippant about it. Children singing this. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I guess we should probably talk about the area first. Mm -hmm. In 1888, like you said, Whitechapel was awful place. Yeah, it was it was sort of in the grip of immense poverty. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of, um, sort of gin joints Mm -hmm. and, uh, people just, um, making ends meet. Now, how large is the Whitechapel area? Well, it's, it's, it's a bit bigger in the, in the time it was Mm -hmm. bigger because they've got sort of, uh, a lot of boroughs now. Sure. Sure. Whitechapel was a, a huge area, um, impoverished um very multicultural as yeah well. it was, a huge... was it like the size of uh is it, is it comparatively i don't know is it like greenville big uh, a bit bigger oh okay wow but it, it's, i didn't know it's it was that sort big. of it's more you've got to um concentrated housing mm-hmm. and then sort of fields basically what we would say is a ghetto like yeah. government yeah. housing yeah. it, it was know, a impoverished lot of, a very very close housing. Uh, yeah. I have to say Ripper Street, if you watch it, and I, mm-hmm. you know what a fan I am yeah. of it, they show a lot or they depict a lot of like the housing yeah, that people yeah. lived at the time. And I I think that they were extremely accurate. In I'm sure they, they were. Because with the crazy thing too, I heard a statistic about how many people lived in the Whitechapel area alone. It was like 76,000. Right, right. And these all are poor people a lot of mainly women out of work that turned to prostitution yeah. i remember here seeing a documentary where they were talking about the sleeping conditions like if you had enough money you could get a room if you didn't have enough money if you only had a pence or whatever then you could go to this big almost like the inside of a church or something i don't know but they had all these benches Your there benches and, and you would you would sit and they would tie a rope in front of you and you would just fall asleep next to Right. It squished in between all these right. people you didn't know. Right. And so, yeah, it was it was this area where apparently violence happened on a regular basis. Yeah. But people didn't get killed that often. 
and and they didn't get killed. There was a lot of violence, but there there was not. Usually, it was situational violence. Right. Two people got drunk. They got in a knife right. fight. You know, someone tried to rob someone, and they hurt them. It, this was not a place where you would find people being mutilated right. deliberately. Uh, by someone I think that was the other reason that it's just so brutal it it was such a brutal such a gleeful I use that word again but it was just this almost like maliciously a lot of houses were sort of big houses that would be split into single rooms or uh, sort of two rooms um, often with a curtain but no glass right you know uh, um, back alleys Mm. um, very kind of rough and ready um the the people will be rough and ready and this i think the the jack the ripper thing is uh so sort of uh, prevalent because mm-hmm. he wasn't a the the guy with the 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 you know crappy coat right and, and, right and boots he was he a really well dressed really yeah so down. people so you would think it would be easier to sort of finger someone, but in my research, especially with we'll get towards the end of the episode about the suspects, but people always try and draw these weird circumstantial lines around who could be a suspect. There's one suspect that people think he might have been Jack the Ripper because the route he walked to work is, you know, the same route where all these women were killed. But everyone walked that route. Mm. There yes. are thousands of people in Whitechapel, yeah. and a lot of them fit the profile of Jack the Ripper perfectly. Go try going to Victorian London and lining up. So what did he look like? Well, he was a man. He was a white man with a large mustache. Let's get those guys in the lineup. Every fucking single one of them. So the first victim that people attribute officially to Jack the Ripper is Marianne Nichols, also known as Polly. And her body was found on August the 31st, 1888. She was as all these women are uh, a prostitute Mm -hmm. and she uh, couldn't didn't have enough money to spend the night anywhere. Mm -hmm. So she uh, decided she would go out and work that night to get the money Mm -hmm. to sleep. And she was found. uh, She was found with her throat cut open to the point where her head was almost off of her body. Almost decapitated. Yeah. And there were other things too. Um, Yeah. You can go ahead. Well, uh, an uh, uh, abdomen ripped with a knife. Now, not a small incision. No. A, a, a vicious, yeah. you know, incision. <sighs> Which is one of the reasons that some people think, and uh, no one saw anyone do it. In fact, the guy, I think the first guy that found her is Charles Krauss or something like that is his name. And he, uh, why well, no one ever thought to bring him in, I don't know, mm. because apparently they thought that before he found, he found her, quote unquote, that she'd been there for like half an hour or something like that, dead. Why wouldn't you really, really intensely question the first guy? The first person you see. I think the shock factor put, put, was, was put one Put a pin in that thought. Okay. <laughs> so then uh, some time passes. Everyone's obviously shaken up by this. But then uh, a woman by the name of Annie Chapman was the next victim. She was discovered on September 8th, 1888, near a doorway in the backyard of, this is from Wikipedia, by the way, 29 Hanbury Street, Spitalfields. And uh, again, uh, throat cut. Yeah, abdomen cut, slashed open. An attempt to cut off her head. Yeah, the bo- body eviscerated, uh, stabbed several times, and her womb mm-hmm. uh, was removed and missing. Yeah, yeah, that's so crazy. So that actually starts people thinking, okay, this is probably the same person, and now we think this person might have medical knowledge. Right. So they start veering that way. Yeah. Um, I remember. I think Annie Chapman is the one that was killed against the fence, right? Because there was someone. 
And this always creeped me out when I first heard it. Someone that lived in that area said they were coming out. I can't remember what they were doing, taking laundry outside or something like that. And they heard the sound of someone against this mm-hmm. fence that they had right. on the outskirts right. of their yard. But they didn't know it was her being killed. They walked right by it. They were like, eh, somebody having an argument or right. a prostitute or something. Right. And so then we go to uh, September 30th, 1888, the night they call the uh, double event where Elizabeth Stride was found. And you can talk about how she was found. Yeah. Um, throat cut. Mm-hmm. Um, but not she, much else done. No, no. They think that she, they think that he was interrupted. Right. And that's why he, he struck again. Right. Exactly. he had to be appeased. So her body is found. Her throat's cut open. And then 45 minutes later, yeah. the body of Catherine Eddowes is found. And she has had everything done to her that the yeah. other. Throat cut, mutilated. Yeah. You know, the body in lay in the corner of the square, uh, uh, disemboweled, um, the, dish in, uh, the, the the womb and the kidneys taken yeah. away. And if you really want, and this last one especially, uh, uh, if you really want to ground yourself with this and really see how awful it was, you will, you will see the picture of Mary Kelly. Mary Kelly was the last one killed yes. that they think the Ripper did right uh, on November 9th, 1888. She was the only one killed in an actual room because she was the only one that had a room right. of her own. And there's a picture right here. I've seen it before. It is. But they're very, saying very because small. she um, was in a room, yeah. albeit the uh, uh, a curtain with mm-hmm. no uh, glass, right. but she was shielded. Mm-hmm. So the Ripper basically did what, what he knew how to kill her quietly. And then, he had the time to do everything he'd ever wanted to do to someone. Throat the cut, um, the breasts and the entrails pulled out, put on the table. Yeah. Um, her face was scored. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is that exactly? Scored. What does that mean? Uh, just basically cut her, crossed. Cut crossed I her. see, I see. Uh, the nose was split. The ears were almost lopped off. Uh, her flesh should be removed from the top pop top part of her legs and thighs exposing Jeez. the bones so he had much more time yeah. behind behind a curtain can you imagine being the policeman that had to walk in and right. find this woman well, and, and know that the, this was the fifth of the uh, ones they, they had no clue I, uh, the landlord dot, uh, got uh, got to the address and what wanted uh, his money Mm-hmm. So he pulled the curtain, yeah, and saw the body. And saw the horror show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and and in the meantime, in between all of this happening, there were weird coincidences. Weird things were happening. Like Catherine Eddowes famously was wearing a shawl when she was killed. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, that shawl was found actually back in the direction towards Elizabeth Stride, um, and it was found. I think it was the shawl that was found with a note written on the wall of a, it said something about Jews but Jews was purposely Jews, misspelled yeah. the Jews will be uh, harm, uh something yeah the Jews will be blamed, blamed for nothing for, yeah will not be blamed for, blamed nothing. for nothing will not be blamed and for Jews nothing was, yeah was misspelled and again they they scrubbed that off because they didn't want to leave a yeah the, the first the first policeman was, he was worried that there would be anti-semitic riots mm-hmm. So instead of letting it be evidence, he instructed someone to they didn't even get a picture of it. And there are some people who think that that's just a coincidence that the Ripper didn't write that. I don't know. But there was such a feeling of anti-Semitism then that it would be easy to pawn it off on a Jew and have people mob mentality uh, do it. 
also at this time, letters started coming into the newspapers. Yeah. I think from the research I've done, most people don't actually think Jack the Ripper wrote no. any of those well, letters. Fred Best of the Star, who was who was the lo- the Star was like the local rag. Was that the Dear the, Boss letter, the first one? Yeah, Dear Boss yeah. Uh, about the 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 kidney the, mm-hmm. the the other pc fraud and of course he was wanting a good story yeah. so he was playing it for all it was there worth. are definitely people that think that letter was written by a journalist yeah and, and of course there was also suddenly this vigilante group right. sprung up with george lusk who who ran that and they weren't helping anything because no. they were they were grabbing anybody that they didn't like right or that they wanted to but get then lusk was or, the one that after i think eddo's died i think it was eddo's received the letter and a piece of a human yeah, kidney. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, this has to be Jack the Ripper. And I just found out, I was listening to uh, BuzzFeed had a had a real short 30-minute YouTube clip that they did recently mm-hmm. about Jack the Ripper. And I don't know if you guys have heard this. I hadn't until I heard them say it. They figured out it was a prank by a medical student. Because ah. I was like, a human kidney. It has to be Jack the Ripper. Right. But no, it was a medical student just fucking with him. Right. Yeah. And then there was the one yeah. other letter that had the really weirdly specific, like this person knew everything that happened right. on the night of the double event, but no one has been able to prove that no. those letters came from no. the person that did those things. No. No. So all this is going on. All of a sudden now cops are all over Whitechapel. Uh, I remember in one documentary I watched, and I've mentioned this on the Lucky 10,000 before, but it's bears repeating that that was where the sneakers in their infancy came from this era because people started putting like rubber on mm-hmm. their shoes so they could walk around on the cobblestones without making noise and uh, the place was just insane with people thinking that there was a killer that was gonna strike at any moment and uh, people started riding against the police because the police were trying to investigate mm-hmm. but they couldn't tell anybody mm-hmm. about what they were doing so to certain people it felt like they weren't doing anything right. the the one positive is that this brought a lot of light to the living conditions in Whitechapel mm-hmm. and people outside the London area were like these people are living in squalor so you're welcome says Jack the Ripper yeah, yeah. Well, well there was talk but uh, there was talk that the Ripper was um, well one of the, the things is a, a local doctor who wanted to get the newspapers to report on the plight of people in Whitechapel mm-hmm. and that's why he did it and in fact there is a um, there is a, a play and I, and I wish I could remember who it was by but it was a Jack the Ripper play and that was the crux of it the, the, the doctor a local doctor was just just doing it mm-hmm for, for for the newspapers to say to you know white chapels a a shithole and, yeah. and we need to act on it well can you imagine these these women i and i think i have it always goes back i guess because i'm a woman i keep thinking about this mm-hmm. is that these are were women who were barely educated or, or yeah. probably not educated yeah. mm-hmm. they had nothing they were forced to sell themselves to to buy enough money to eat right i mean life was fucking hard enough and then they were having to face you know every night they, yeah. were, they were risking their lives walking around the streets and it had to have been so terrifying just think what if i'm next i mean these were women a lot of these women knew one another that's another very sad thing is that they were they were associate if not friends they were at least associates they i think the impression i got was a lot of them were friendly especially yeah. polly the first victim officially was the one where like people talk about like everybody knew her yeah. and like she was talking about a, a hat a yeah, bonnet yeah. she had see what a jolly bonnet see yeah. what a jolly bonnet yeah. i have yeah because she had drunk away all of her weight she she 
I remember they talked about how the night before this happened, she had drunk away all of her, her wages and, mm-hmm. and couldn't afford to. But she said, I'll get it all back. See what a jolly bonnet I have. And that the was thing noted. Is, a lot of the money that the prostitutes were making, uh, they did feed themselves a little. Yeah. But it, it most uh, the the money they got was... Um, in, it spent on gin. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because it was really cheap. Numb themselves. And yeah. yeah, they're living in misery. I mean, Mother's look, room. I love a good drink just as much as the next guy, but I'm not doing it to mm-hmm. placate myself or make myself feel better about life. It's just fun. But yeah. they were drunk all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And gin at those times, I mean, we, we've seen documentaries about how gin was made at that time. Oh. It was basically little more Bath than turpentine. Really? And, and it was dangerous to drink it, but it made you, it was potent as hell and it made you blind drunks. Sometimes literally, Hence and that the, was the name Mother's Ruin. Mother's right. Ruin, yeah, it was called Mother's Ruin. That's awesome. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So now, Trevor, being a, a guy that has had seen his share of investigations and, and, and unfortunately murder and right. stuff like that, what's your impression of the way the police handled things? Do you think they did everything they could? Do you think I, they fucked up? I think they were hamstrung because it was a particular area of Whitechapel that, if you imagine. Uh, 18th century London mm-hmm. or 18 uh, London in the 1880s right. you know it is foggy mm-hmm. it is badly lit mm-hmm. is um, the the police would sort of patrol with a, a whistle you know um, so the there's sort of you know the, there's no forensics there's mm-hmm. no you know it they f- were so hamstrung mm-hmm. by their sort of th- coming across the bodies or mm-hmm. someone saying there's a body that they just had to say well well they they uh, linked the series if mm-hmm. you like but they know they don't have any um sort of uh, circumstantial evidence right. they don't have any uh, you know witnesses would say oh it was the guy with the mustache right but well and there were witnesses like i didn't right. know that until i started doing like a couple of years ago i got obsessed with it and started doing research that right. there i think it was elizabeth stride one of one of the women a guy saw her with a man mm-hmm. right before her body was yeah. discovered yeah. and yeah. that's what he described a man top, hat, the top hat you know the yeah. the the cloak well, really yeah, nicely dressed mustache that's every every yes. guy back then. Yes, absolutely. That, that visited Whitechapel from outside right. came there for one reason. That's usually. the other thing is like you you think at first, oh well, this guy's sharply dressed. Of course, he would stand out. But also, I didn't know this till recently. All the murders happened on weekends, mm-hmm. so they were used to having rich horny guys being like i'm gonna go get myself some tail and the the other thing i think is another reason why the police and again this is just me they were just whores they were whores oh i definitely think that i I think the police worked a lot harder than people thought they did yeah but i'm sure especially after the first murder they were just like well it's whitechapel it's it's of course she got killed yeah and and i think that that was maybe another thing that I think was instrumental in helping a lot of these women is that they, for the first time, they stopped thinking of it. It's just a, a few whores right. that got 
killed, got ripped. Is like, but then I think the outrage is, in in know. the town, like in in the area, like made yeah. them go, "No, we got to fucking take this seriously." Yeah, this is not, go. you know, this this could be, this not now it's prostitutes. It could be someone else. And it could be someone important. It could first, be someone. The first one was not shocking. Yeah, but the second one, they're under pressure, especially since people aren't used. They don't have a profile of a serial killer at no. this no, point. No. He's, I'm sure that something like this happened before, but he's technically looked at as the first real mm-hmm. serial killer. And because it's random, like you can't just go, oh, it must be her ex-boyfriend or her husband. Right. It, yeah. it's, it's because these yeah. women are not connected that way. It's just a guy yeah. killing any random woman he can and get his hands so on. How violent. do you investigate what, that? What he does to them is so, even by our terms oh, now, yeah. you know, it, it's not just that... It, now, in 2018, mm-hmm. we think of it as being shocking and mm-hmm. brutal. Can you imagine 130 no. years ago? It, it was especially when you're living in such ability. close quarters. Yeah. Like the person that, that that heard Annie Chapman when they found out that this woman was, you know, had her throat slit and was disemboweled right next to your house. Yeah. Right. That's terrifying. That's ter- it is. It's and and Abilene is on the. Enormous pressure. Now he was pretty well respected, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because um, he was a um, you know a good police officer. Mm-hmm. He was a good uh, investigator. That's what they they put him on the case. But he's under enormous pressure to get a result. Absolutely. And as as one murder you know leads into another, the pressure is you know even greater. And and you know, Lusk didn't help. To- no. Yeah. You know he. I didn't know this till recently. That he was the guy, and this is another reason I think that they couldn't catch him, because like you said, forensics are basically non-existent. Right. Like, if someone sent me a package with a human kidney in it, I would immediately go to the police and go, here, run a DNA test, mm. do all this other shit. Lusk thought it was a joke or something, so he put it in his desk for a couple of days, and then thought, I should probably hand this over uh, to them. That means right. like somebody's sending you a severed head. And being like, I'll just put this in the fridge for now. And like a week later, you know, I had to go downtown anyway. Let me grab the head and take it to the cops. It's like when Catherine Eddowes has died Mm -hmm. um, a a, a street away, two streets away, Mm -hmm. was a a piece of her apron Mm -hmm. that the murderer had wiped their knife on and had jettisoned. If we had that, Absolutely. Well, the shawl is supposedly supposedly yeah still around and they yeah. have and we'll talk about this later when we get to suspects but they have gotten dna off of it it's just not it's strong enough to it, i mean come on it it, it, it was over a hundred years ago yeah. and people didn't think about like people didn't pick up the Preserving shop, pick up plastic no, bag. Preservation. they didn't no. do csi with it no. they just went here's this piece of shit with blood yeah. on it yeah. yeah and so uh so that's a really interesting. Uh, uh, so, well, do you know what happened to Aberline after the murder stopped? I mean, I know Ripper Street kind of supposes it knows what happened to him after the murder stopped, but I mean, nobody knew that Mary Kelly was the last Ripper victim. No, no, I think Aberline wanted to. There, it was uh, obviously the immense pressure yeah. from then, and the the p- commission is saying you have to right. solve it, and I think he he had his. Um, favorites, mm-hmm. but he couldn't absolutely prove it. Right. So I think he, I mean, I think he sort of, um, not um, obscurity, mm-hmm. but I think he sort of, he didn't have the the kudos anymore because he hadn't solved it. Right. So I think the police sort of not put him out to, to grass, but yeah. he said... Well, and know, the star didn't help because the the, the press... Were give you know 
saying, well, he he promised us he'd bring him to ground and yeah. he didn't. And, and so they, what did he didn't he got moved to another precinct after that or, or, or he just sort of faded he, into he, obscurity he or I think he retired. Yeah. Right after the murders, maybe a couple of years after. Mm-hmm. You got to think that haunted him for that whole time. But the fact that he's he's sort of it's the biggest case of his life. Yeah. And he didn't solve it. Yeah. He, yeah. that you, you will he will always be that guy and thank god this didn't happen in a time of social media when he could be vilified oh, he to the world because yeah. the best you got back then is maybe a hazy picture or somebody right. doing a sketch right. in a newspaper but yeah. like it's like being it's like working your whole life to be the best person you can be and for the rest of your life you're only being known, known for one thing the you're the guy your that life. didn't solve the biggest murder case in england well, at there's the time. A, there's a great moment in in ripper street and of course that is fictionalized but i can imagine but that is aberline right but something well he it was aberline was was um older by now the, right. the people that are part of ripper street were supposedly his subordinates oh i see time. i see but um the the main character was his assistant and he would come back periodically and they would talk about ripper and and he there the um his name was reed uh, edmund reed is the character and he says was he a real person edmund reed i don't know if he was or not um i know that at one point he says and i think i can imagine someone saying something very similar he said you know we always said that if we ever saw the ripper mm-hmm that we had studied this so much mm-hmm. that we would know him, that yeah. that our minds would see him and recognize him. He said, we have begun to recognize Ripper in everyone we see. Right. And he said, we have to step back. You know, we, we have got to put this to bed and understand that we're never going to know. And now, Trevor, you can talk to this way more than either of us could with your experiences and everything. But, I mean, the human mind is sometimes the least reliable thing, isn't it? In any investigation, if, even if you're the investigator, like absolutely. you can't let yourself get. Um, if you are five foot two, anyone who's six foot is tall. Right. If you're six foot eight, someone who's six foot, um, you know, ten is tall. And it's, right. you know, a, a, an old lady says it's a young man. A kid says, Oh, he's he's in his fifties. Right. It it depends on who you asked, Mm -hmm. and you have to. um, Again, the physical descriptions they were just trawling anyone Mm -hmm. who wanted to uh, sort of um, sort of chip in, Mm -hmm. and uh, rather than the 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 hat and the the coat, they didn't really have no how tall he is Mm -hmm. because. You know, if there's a rich guy in a top hat, in he's going to look taller from a distance. Yeah, it, it could be anyone. Yeah, mm-hmm. but because um, the the prostitute is seen with the guy right. before she dies, that's yeah. must. And see, be the we're guy. not sure that the guy saw Jack the Ripper with a mm-hmm. prostitute. It's yes. just the timing works yes. out yeah. to where she died yeah. so well, quickly. And, yeah. and so many people were saying, "Well, what about butchers?" Yeah, there are butchers out there who are just as surgical in in their That's precision true. as a, a physician. But then, you know, like people really that. started gravitating toward the butcher idea with the with the apron. They found yeah, a leather, leather apron, apron uh, next Heiser, to one of the murders, which Kaiser, which which turned out to have nothing to do no. with right. the murder, but it was enough for people to freak yeah. out and go like, "This guy, this is a fucking yeah, butcher." And those those lives were ruined. Those lives were ruined as well. Oh, absolutely. Those people were accused and had nothing to do. with Well, it. if you really think about it, it's like you've got the five victims yeah 
you never think about the fact that each one of those victims has collateral damage. Mm -hmm. Then the people outside of that sphere, the cops that couldn't solve the case Mm -hmm. or the people that got hurt when, when riots happened. Think about like the centerpiece is Whitechapel and like the rings like in a, in a lake when you throw a rock in there, Mm -hmm. that's all the collateral damage in the lives it's destroyed. Not to mention people in modern times, even they get, you know, I definitely consider myself mildly obsessed with it, but think about the people in modern times who can't think of any about anything else. Like the people that are still like, no, I'm, I'm going to solve this. And, and actually, and they're, they're probably sacrificing things too. But the thing is, the early victims are more surgical than the later victims mm-hmm. that are hacked. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're obviously with a knife. Right. Uh, obviously, um, some uh, sharp impl- mm-hmm. implement, but they're hacked. Right. They're and, you know, not, the, they're not uh, any care. You know, absolutely. But also the theory to me might be like, and this is this is where we're starting to get into a lot of conjecture. But, um, you know, I could see the first couple of victims and him being very surgical and fast because he had to be. Mm -hmm. But like that last one, Mary Kelly, he didn't have to be gentle or take his time. He could take his time. I mean, so like maybe it is a really good butcher or a really good surgeon to just like, I'm going to cut your throat. I'm going to take out your womb. I know how to do that quickly. So it's more precise. But right. then if I know I have an hour with this body right. and can do anything I, can do I anything want, with I it, want. Right. it's not going to be this, you know, I don't want to just get the womb. I just want to destroy everything. And, and I, will, I, I can give in to every violent mm-hmm. impulse I have with this one. And that's what he did. I mean, it, it, it was like, you know, school's out, you know, it's playtime. And that really like helped the profile too, though, because somebody that's going to do that to a woman, I think it's reasonable to assume that that person has some deep seated resentment issues and anger issues. So then I do think that those cops were very good at creating a profile for the people yes. they thought it might be. Cause they're looking yeah. at, when you look at the suspects, which we'll get to in a second, they all share this like shitty relationship with their moms yeah. or, hate, or a wife left them or hate yeah. prostitutes. Yeah. So that's all what the police did a fantastic job of. Not that I could speak for that. Cause I don't really yeah. know you could, but you know, that's what I think they did a really good job with yeah. is like really investigating yeah. and saying like, this is the kind of person it would have to be right. in a time where you don't think of it that way. Right. You don't think of police investigation. Yeah in the 1800s as we're going to build a psychological profile yeah. that seems more at home on dexter mm-hmm. right. but not in this case now is there anything else you want to say about just the factual what actually happened or i th- i think uh, i i may come to the the, the fact that there's conjecture mm-hmm. how many mm-hmm. the five were they the only five right and the common thinking is there were nine Two uh, two before and two after. Now, who are the ones before and after? Like, I've heard their names before, but I don't remember. Right. Uh, Emma Elizabeth Smith. Okay. Founded uh, on uh, East Tuesday. Oh, yeah. interesting. Um, April the 3rd, 1888. She's uh, found with an, an instrument, an iron stake, impaling her body. Well, I didn't know that. Right. The next one, uh, uh, Martha Tabram. Uh, found in a passage in in the uh, August the seventh, eighteen eighty eight, she stabbed on uh, thirty nine different pa- different parts of wow. her body. Wow! So that's they saying that um, because because they weren't prostitutes, because mm-hmm. they 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 called them unfortunates, right? Because they wouldn't they weren't prostitutes. They said, oh, it, it's not linked. 
Right. And that was the before. Right. And uh, after, um, uh, this, this one called Alice McKenzie, who was an unfortunate. Right. Um, July the 17th, 1888, she's mutilated. Mm. And the... July. Okay. Yeah. And then 13th of February, 1891. What? Yeah. A woman called... Uh, called Frame Coles. I don't know what, but she, mm-hmm. she's found in an alleyway uh, in a sort of a, um, uh, an underpass. And she hasn't been mutilated, but her throat has been cut. Wow. Um, a guy was arrested, but he had an alibi. So Now, you never had to work any multiple murder cases when you were working homicide, did you? No. Okay. No. Because no. I would imagine that you you start thinking like I I wor- I wonder sometimes if in the course of investigating people get like this has to be this guy's mo right. so he wouldn't do anything well, else. I did I not uh, a murder case, but I did work in the sexual crimes unit when a guy started to um, 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 items off washing lines, and he was stealing um, leather items, oh. and then he would break into houses and uh, f- for women who he'd um, seen or followed home and he'd want their gloves or mm-hmm. a leather a leather dress or it was a leather thing for I get him. a fetish yeah so it was first it was stealing off the the line then it was getting an, into the house and saying I won't harm you but I'll, I want your gloves you know, so strange. often women's gloves, so they would be tight on mm-hmm. him, you know. But he also wanted gloves that had been worn. He couldn't just go to the store and buy some. Yeah, yeah. No, d- d- not, uh, it, it had to be those gloves. It wow. had to be that skirt. It had to be that jacket, all leather. And ev- eventually, after sort of six or seven cases, um, he actually followed an old lady, got her outside her house, and got her in about sort of three in the morning and threatened her, you know, with with stabbing if he he, uh, he, he didn't get the gloves. Wow. And uh, she got something else, a leather, a scarf or something. But it, it's the escalation right. of that. And we had to say, okay, um, who is he? What Who's he like to be? Um, what social class is he... Um, did he did he uh, live at home with his mum? Did he live um, you know, alone? So that was the profile, and then we got to uh, to submit that to the um, uh, uh, the profiling centre at mm-hmm. uh, the um, the police and say this is who we think it is. Um, and then we had to go to the little um, uh, um, every station in in the surrounding area mm-hmm. and say. It might not mean anything to you, but the guy stealing gloves, a guy threatening a woman with a, a dress, because they don't know it's a it's a linked series. Right. They just it's a one off. So we th- we got about another twelve, I guess, in the surrounding wow. area. Um, some of the descriptions were again what I said about the old lady said mm-hmm. it's a young man, but the 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 young women saying he's in his 50s right that was the thing so it was the subjective he was tall he was short right. you know and you have to say well how tall is that woman is she five foot right 
and anyone who's f- uh, uh, five foot six is tall. See, you never see that in police procedural shows. Yeah. You, in, in all those shows or movies, you just get the person's, well, he was tall. Okay, he was tall. It says yeah. someone going, well, yeah, but how short is he? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's so, did you ever catch him? Uh, no, I, no. I didn't because I, right. I set I set the um, sort of the um, uh, information on. Right. But um, I I don't know whether it ever happened. I mean I I'm hoping it did because the escalation of violence meant right. Yeah, know, that's dangerous. Yeah. Well, I, like I, it sounds kind of weird and funny at first, but then you're like, well, once you start breaking into people's yeah, homes, even if you them, say, yeah. I'm not going to hurt you, but give me because your fucking gloves. The, yeah. the, one of the sexual crimes unit uh, analysts said. It had to be that the thrill of stealing stuff off the line mm-hmm. was enough. Right. And then and it then became he had not to enough. Go, I'm not going to harm you. I want the gloves. Then breaking in mm-hmm. and not being secretive about it. Right. Breaking in and saying, you know, get uh, get me your gloves or I'll stab you. It has to be a thrill each time. Right. And the sexual thrill of wearing their clothes or, or as a... Um, Keep keeping a, a memento mm-hmm. was not enough. Right. He had to get, you know, uh, that's why we were saying if this if this gets any worse, he's going to kill someone right. just for an inanimate object. So it sounds like you basically did what all the records say the police back then tried to do. So they pretty much did everything they could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You think? Because it was a, an early sort of profiling because yeah. they had to once right. the series... Because they'd not had a series of murders. I'm sure, though, that, that that probably spurred on different ways of investigating, don't you think? I mean, yeah. I, I have to think that something like that would, especially with the Met Police, because they were not a bunch of slackers. They yeah. were quite a, yeah. a, a savvy bunch mm-hmm. at the time uh, as a police force. I would have to think that this ushered in new ways of well, well yeah of you, you did you would have to because like again when you look at it now if two completely unrelated women get killed in a similar way automatically people know oh this could be a serial killer mm. and the why is already answered once you know someone's a serial killer you go okay we could pretty much be sure right. we know why this person's doing this but back then the no. why would be yeah. well it had to be somebody she knew no yeah. it wasn't it had to be this it, no it really wasn't it was such a mystery but i, but I think abilene was first to say uh, because it is so um distinctive a mm-hmm. murder rather than you know, someone getting a, a kosh over the right. head or a bottle. It, he started to say, okay, where did it happen? When, uh, you know, and get the uh, um, event sheet. So out. do you know who coined the phrase serial killer? Who was the pers- first person that used that? It wasn't one of them, was it? I don't know. That's an interesting, maybe, you know, I'll find out and put that in the episode yeah. notes. I yeah. think that'd be cool. <laughs> Hey guys, this is Evan. Hey, Jason Underwood. And if you're enjoying listening to The Lucky 10,000, then come on over to a podcast where nobody's ever getting lucky, ever. Here on The Lucky 10,000, you're here to learn, but with the bearded ones, we're here to make you laugh. And and maybe you'll learn something while you're laughing. Yeah, learn something like about Batman. <laughs> I mean, for we were on a stint of Matlock for a while. I, it was funny to me. <laughs> hey, I mean, I enjoyed it. Eh? <laughs> yeah, that's not how you sell it. Come anything. on over and listen to the one podcast, I guess. I yeah, mean, I, I like it. I'd be a shit salesman. <laughs> um, Come buy this car. I mean, I drove it once. You, yeah, probably, you probably wouldn't like yeah, it. You don't want to <laughs> yeah, 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 you don't want to. You know what? Fuck this. Don't listen to Bearded Ones. <laughs> Come on, check us out. Bearded Ones Comedy Podcast on the Bearded Pods Network. I knew that. 
I didn't know that. Well, that's why we're here, listening to the Lucky 10,000. You learn something new with every episode. And while you're here at the Bearded Pods Network, you might want to come and give us some pod love. We're Teddy and the Bassman. We cover all sorts of subjects, speak with tons of interesting guests, and entertain you with a melange of vintage commercials and jingles, and a whole plethora of eclectic music. You might even learn something from us as well. It'll probably be about bondage, but... Teddy and the Baseman! We kind of filled you guys in on the facts. We can start getting into the fun... I mean, fun is a relative <laughs> term, but the fun conjecture of everything. And I asked uh, Trevor and Tracy, I, I hope you did this too, but if not, that's fine. We, we'll work, work it out ourselves. Mm-hmm. To name me your top three suspects like who because i remember when we started talking about jack the ripper francis tumblety was big everyone thought it might have been him because he was a weird dude he was a doctor he collected female anatomy but it seems like in the past few years he's really gone out of vogue yeah as a suspect what, what happened is people had the usual suspects yeah and then as time has passed people said well who else could it be right and i don't think there's ever been something uh, someone who ticks the boxes every single right. box mm. there's always an anomaly right um that they they said uh some william gull that the queen's yeah. physician right you know which no one believes the royal conspiracy right. but anymore it, it's like it's, no. it's grasping at straws well and and the the, the grandson of queen elizabeth Queen Elizabeth, sorry, the grandson of Queen Victoria right. was also a prime suspect. Yes, yeah, supposedly he loved because to visit prostitutes. But as we said, tons of guys did. I, I was say, <laughs> but then yeah. again, you know, if that if that's your um, criteria, my gosh, you know, yeah, everybody a rich was, man visiting prostitutes. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> um, who uh, Merrick was? Wasn't it Merrick who was one of the the big? Or you mean uh, not, uh, Merrick, um, not Merrick? The one they found the diary for? Yeah. The one yeah. That, what I want? It's not Merrick, is no, it? Um, no. No, uh, I was just listening to uh, something about uh, this guy. Kept the diary and James went, Maybrick. Maybrick. Mar- James Maybrick. Merrick. And he Maybrick, had the he had the watch. Yes. With his name on. Yeah, now that to me back. was more incriminating than the diary because if you guys don't know, James Maybrick was a doctor in the Whitechapel. Well, not in Whitechapel, but he lived sort of outside the Whitechapel yeah. area, yeah. and he would come in he had on a weekends. Yeah. Yeah. He was yeah. a cloth merchant, so he ha- he would how would he would have business in Whitechapel. <laughs> right. Hated prostitutes. Right, uh, was like you said, was rebuffed um, all his life mm-hmm. uh, by women, and the woman he did marry um, was a social climber and spent all his money. Mm-hmm. And he he was a you know a fairly um, prosperous cloth uh, merchant, but she spent. Every penny he had. Well, I thought and, he was a doctor. Wasn't he a doctor at one point? Or I don't know. I could be wrong about that. I could be. I could be totally wrong about that. You're probably right. Um, I think you might be. I know there was. No, you're right. You're right. James Maybrick was a Liverpool cotton merchant. Yeah. Okay, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. And yeah, he, I know the uh, one you're talking about. Yeah, there was. He, but that they were saying he had knowledge of uh, cloth, mm-hmm. so he would have knives and scissors. Right. Right. So, and there's a story with him is that uh, not that long ago, someone was on his estate and claims to have found a diary yeah. where James Maybrick just says 
I was Jack the Ripper. Right. And that, to me, like, the problem with, with this kind of thing is that there are people who really want to know who did it, and there are people who just go, well, I'm going to connect all the dots myself right. so I can just write a yeah. book right. and become rich. There's that cat, uh, what's what's her name, that thinks it was oh, the painter. Patricia, Patricia yeah, Cornwell. Cornwell. Yeah, that was the strangest. We yeah. saw a documentary on that, and it was like, what? Are are you on glue? But a lot of you people know, that point to yeah, Ripper yeah. victims or Ripper suspects are like that. But to me, the watch more than the diary yeah. is really weird because yeah. it was passed down through his family or something. Yes. Yes. But yeah. it had the initials yeah. of the victims scratched it, into inside, the back of it. it. Yeah, and it was his watch. Yeah. Yes, that's that's that damning. One, <laughs> if you remember, we saw a great doc. Uh, it was a great show on BBC years and years ago and it they they went through the the ripper murders remember and yeah. each person took one of the mm-hmm. suspects and they presented their case as mm-hmm. to why my old one. commander yeah his... my old commander was in the in the tv series with oh, cool. patricia cornwell yeah very he was cool a ripperologist and the... uh yeah and one of them was was maybrick's was uh an advocate of, of maybrick and he said that his family motto was time will tell Mm. And that the whole thing about the watch and the inside, it said, I am, I am Ripper. I right. am Jack. And he said, you know, it seemed, it was a, a wonderful little, you know, composition of saying time will tell. Right. Time has told. And, and I always, that kind of stuck with me as I thought yeah, that, that but the problem too is so like, compelling. The problem with something like this too, and I'm, I'm learning this as being an amateur at all of this, because until like Jack Ripper and Zodiac, I was just always like, all right, whatever. But the more you read about it, the human brain is designed to seek out patterns and mm-hmm. to answer questions. Sure. Like our whole existence is based on, I have to know this information to survive. Right. So even in stuff like this, it's like, it's so, this is the first time you hear someone who's listed as a suspect and they tick all the boxes you go well it's got to be that guy right and then literally the very next person oh no that guy was closer and he did this and he had but this guy didn't so like you want the answer so badly you're so willing to just go yeah of course it was that guy and and also was was it maybrick or was it another one who left the country shortly after well i think that was i think that was a another one pattern yeah. Which I'll, yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. So who who else do you have? Who who are your okay. who are your big so ones? So I'm gonna say two that uh, are newish okay. and one that was. You know, oh, I want to hear the new one. Um, Frederick Bailey Deeming, uh, 1853 to 1892, mm. um, was a, an Australian. Mm-hmm. Um, lived in in Melbourne, but he. He's uh, suspected of is killing his wife. He said she she'd fleed um, when he's brought in, having uh, discovered her body mm-hmm. hacked in in a in a, a fireplace, uh, rather under fireplace. Right. Place. He confesses to the last two murders. But the last two, the 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 not the the non-canonical, yeah. He he's uh, he has business there. He's uh, let me see. Also, now that I think about it, is there a band named the Canonical Five? Because that's an awesome Pro- band name. Probably, probably. It is um, kind of cool. But he's uh, uh, Alice McKenzie, who's number eight. If you don't mm-hmm. do the nine, um, her throat was cut. Her body was mutilated. Um, 
they say it was so savagely mutinate, mutilated um, that the murderer wasn't uh, probably not disturbed, right? Because she was badly hacked, right? Um, uh, the the Francis Coles, who was the the, the eventually the, mm-hmm. the last one, if we if we we um, agree of the nine. Um, she's still conscious. Yeah. Um, but the police officer um, believes that he hears uh, retreating footsteps as he wow gets along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her. So that's that's the reason why only her throat was yeah, cut. Yeah, and he said the murderer would have had a narrow escape, right? Because he was so. And this is this guy's name was Deeming. Yeah, Deeming. Uh, yeah. He's the one that the sort of the the newest yeah. one. Um, he's nothing is known for him, and they've got his his, his um, almost every sort of crime he's committed, but no nothing is known of him for eighteen eighty eight. Interesting. Nothing. Interesting. Um, Well, I think, like, again, like Whitechapel was an easy place to sort of disappear into if you wanted to. Right. And because he's murdering people, he has stacks of uh, aliases. He calls himself uh, uh, Harry Lawson, uh, Albert Oliver Williams. Um, He calls himself Swanson, Mr. (laughs) Swanson at some point. They decided that they were going to compare his handwriting but because a a, a very uh, a bright police officer mm-hmm. from Scotland Yard said well if we're going to believe that the la- the letters are written then right. just he's alive so right. you know, there was some doubt because deeming's the only letter that they could absolutely um pin to deeming was written by his wife so they um, said they, they can't no yeah. yeah um but that's the that they say the police of police officer was uh were guarded they weren't convinced but his sort of prison records mm-hmm. suggest he was the, the 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 place and time he um murdered a lot of women yeah you know, and when when he was found out, he just changed his name and changed his location. Yeah. So they're saying that he was a good suspect, right? Because he was the it was the not just a a murderer. He certainly fit hacking. the profile. Yeah, yeah. Now, is he your favorite suspect right now? I think I think he. That's he a good was, one. However, Charles Allen Latchmere. No, I don't know that name either. His nickname was his his um. AKA was cross. He was the man that that uh, was uh, leaning over the first victim. Right. He was then joined by another person who said he that was Charles Krauss, right? The the one that joined the, the cross, him. Cross, who was. Oh no! Okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. He was then joined by another guy who stumbled across right. the body. And he said that the Latchmere across right. was more or less sort of he didn't appear shocked, mm-hmm. and he says that I think that he he created the the situation, but 
because the other guy arrived, mm-hmm. he had to right. say, oh, look, look what I found. Yeah, I remember hearing something about that, and, and that's really that curious. And he they- was more crouched over the body than than leaning over saying, oh, my goodness, what right. happened? So he's... Um, uh, they, they, his real name was Latchmere. Mm-hmm. He, his mother, uh, uh, his father died, and her mother um, married a police officer called Cross. So and that's K R A U S S. No, no, it's K U O S S. Oh, okay, okay. Right. He used the name Cross when the police officer said, "What's your name? Where did you?" Oh. So his name was Latchmere. Um, also, he was a uh, a meat truck driver. Okay. So he he was able. He would have be, implements to be yeah, and to be drenched in blood with right nothing untoward. Well, that's one of the one of the crazier like conjectures that I've heard, other than the royal conspiracy, is that it was possibly a midwife because it would make sense. For her to have blood on her clothes, yeah. like butchers, it would make sense for them to have blood. Midwives, like you could kill someone and yes. then walk through town yeah. without. But yes. I also heard a really good point with the Edo's thing. If he wiped off his hands and his knife, then he probably wasn't someone that could just walk around the city with blood on him. No. Yeah, well, there's also the the um, again conjecture, mm-hmm. but they're saying, but his. A frock coat would secrete any knife, right? Even if right. it was bloody, no one's going right. to say what's under your coat, right? So he he wouldn't have to get a sort of a, a pouch or anything. He would just wrap his arms and right, and he'd be gone before you know. Um, several of the police officers, several of the public, said that Latchmere was a good um, fit. Did he have any history of abuse or violence or anything? I don't think he did. Um, But again, they say uh, Latchmere was the ripper. Right. You know, and it was like, well, could could he been? Right. You know, Um, that's the problem. So many people could be. There's literally thousands of people that could have been it. Yeah. But, you know, what always gets me about something like this is knowing out there somebody knew the whole story right and somebody knows exactly what happened to those women and somebody was there that's the chilling thing the weirder yeah the weird thing when i think about stuff like that is this person could have been a family guy like let's just say he was this wealthy doctor who had a wife and kids back in and he Mm -hmm. just travels to Whitechapel, does this awful stuff and then comes home washes his hands sits down has dinner with his family and just seems like this normal upstanding guy melody motel you know it's it's that kind of story of just you're right just the the everyday guy um as far as my opinion like the other than maybrick and i think maybrick is a good one the uh that I'd be remiss if I didn't say anything about Aaron Kosminski just yes, because yes. of all the DNA stuff. Now that yeah. was where they did, and this is so heartbreaking that they had Catherine Eddowes' shawl. They think right, and there was blood on it. There was semen on it. I think there was a little bit of feces on it. Yeah, and so they thought, great, we can get something off of this. And a guy, I can't remember what his name was, but he wrote a book about how he was able to prove via DNA that the blood, because of this one mutation in the genes 
was part of Catherine Edo's bloodline because right. only like 250,000 people in the world right. have this mutation. Right. So chances are this is Catherine Edo's blood and there was semen on it that shared some kind of genetic component with the remaining members of Kosminski's right. bloodline. So boom, open and shut case. Mm-hmm. Turns out the guy that that ran the blood test on Catherine Edo's blood it was supposed to be the, the mutation was was labeled as a 5.4.5 right. 5 something but he accidentally used a 5 instead of a 4 which completely changed the the findings to be a genetic thing that 90% of people on the planet right, in right. Europe oh, have so he had to go back to the guy and be like man i, I fucked up yeah uh, and, and so there was something else about the kosminski quote unquote uh, evidence too that could have been applied to so many people but the thing that makes Kosminski still compelling is that his psychological profile right. fit the Ripper perfectly he was a violent guy he hated women he hated Jews he was I think a, a wasn't he a butcher or something like that yeah, he was yeah, something yeah. he's still a guy that I'm I'm very interested in although I haven't researched it as much as, as you know about it but the uh, last guy I want to bring up is uh, the one that's kind of my favorite is Joseph Barnett. Okay. He's uh, Mary Kelly's husband. Right. Uh, this came out on the BuzzFeed uh, documentary that I listened to. Uh, and the the story goes that uh, he was a guy who uh, hated prostitutes, just despised them, and hated the fact that he wasn't actually her husband, for one thing. He said he was her husband. It's common law. But they were living together in that little room that she died in. And uh, but he hated prostitutes and he hated the fact that she was a prostitute and he ended up being able to make enough money so that they could live reasonably comfortably without her having to do that. Right. She also and apparently from everyone that said Mary Kelly was probably the prettiest one, just yeah, still young, like yeah. very attractive woman. But she also had an addiction to alcohol and he wasn't happy about that. And so the theory is that he killed the other prostitutes as a warning not that not that she would know that he killed them just hey this is a dangerous job you got to stop and then the reason that he's a suspect other than just that pure conjecture is uh, he lost his job he couldn't make money anymore so she went back to prostitution which caused this huge fight between them that erupted in violence he leaves and 10 days later she's dead and she they think died in her sleep so it would be someone nobody just broke in it would be someone that you know would know when and where to go in and what her daily routine was and uh uh, the the theory is that that she knew he was there and that she just went to sleep and then he yeah he went to work what was it 80 percent of people uh are murdered by people who know people they know yeah yeah um one more. And yeah, it, go ahead. And it's, it's a name that it's been bandied about. Uh, Francis Tumulty. Yeah, um, Dr. Tumulty, yeah. He was, uh, by all accounts, uh, awkward. He's been described as a good a good for nothing, mm-hmm. utterly devoid of education. He was not liked mm-hmm. but by you know anyone he knew or didn't know. He was yeah, he was a, kind of like, if I remember correctly, and it's been a while since I've read anything about him, but people that knew him said he came across as very like cold and yeah, and yeah. Like, like a sociopath. Well, yeah, he was- He's um, educated is in, in medicine and became a physician. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things he was not 
arrested but uh, was involved in was trying to uh, abort a pregnancy of a, of a prostitute and it, it sort of didn't be, oh. uh, didn't go well. Yeah. Each time he was arrested, uh, he was let off the charges. Right. People who were... He was sort of... Um, although he was a, an educated man... He was a physician, so he was uh, elevated in, right. in, you know, people. Which would mean he probably had yeah. nice clothes. People, yeah, yeah. yeah went to his clothes. dinner party, and he would show them his massive jars with female wombs. Yeah. That's nuts. That <laughs> right. Is, like, A, yeah. it's crazy to do that in general. B, yeah. to just show them off at a dinner party. More, like, more look at the, my Pez collection. Yeah. Oh, I've got a jar of wombs on the other side more of the room. More than a dozen jars. That's insane. Female worms. Uh, he was actually suspected as the Ripper. Right. Abilene was said, Tumble Tea is one of the... Yeah. He fled to Liverpool. Mm -hmm. um, and then after the rip, the Ripper killings... Uh, sorry, when he left, the Ripper killings stopped. Right. And They, they were, think, unless those two after Mary... Right. right. If, if, the, if they say it's the... Conical five, mm -hmm. yes, it's, but they were saying because his he was a his flighty nature, mm -hmm. he was agile, that he was he would escape um, quickly. Yeah. So if we to believe the um, profile of Jack the Ripper, he's a man who can disappear easily. Right. Well, this brings up a, a good point. You said okay, if if we take the the canonical five as being mm. it. Right. Are we seeing the first documented possible copycat? I, mean, I think that's a possibility. I really do. Because I think, I don't know what motivates a serial killer per se, but it seems like they always want people to fear them, but mm -hmm. they want to be known, they want to be famous, blah, 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 blah. And if he's technically the first, although I kind of find it hard to believe that Jack mm -hmm. the Ripper was the first real serial killer yeah. but he got a lot of notoriety for it now you get somebody else with a mental imbalance it's like well, look at this fucking guy yeah look at what, what the, or people that just want to kill someone and go well if i do it like jack the ripper yeah. they're never going to point the finger uh, at the me two, yeah, exactly two different jack the ripper letters right someone is got to be fake right so someone said well i might burn a bit of notoriety here yeah. right i'll 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 send the letter. I've seen it. It's in, in red ink. So yeah. let's, you know. I think that that's absolutely possible. And the one last note about Joseph Barnett, too, that I forgot to include is I think it's, it's, it was said his nickname with his family and friends was Jack. So that's something. I, now, uh, Teddy, you, you were talking a few minutes ago when we were kind of on break about what you wanted to bring up, which is the media. And obviously, yeah. Jack the Ripper became a huge sensation, which means... There's going to be books. There's going to be movies. There's going to be TV shows. I actually haven't seen that many things involving Jack the Ripper character. I saw the movie From Hell, right. which was yeah. based on the graphic yeah. novel, right. which is a fine movie, but I was not, even back then before I knew anything about it, was not really thrilled with the way it ended because I'm just like... Yeah. Ah, it was incredibly far-fetched. Yeah. And it, it was... It was more of a yarn, yeah. what I call a tall tale or a yarn. Um, I think one of the best ones I BBC. ever saw was the the BBC version, which starred of all people Michael Caine, okay, as as Aveline. Yeah, and um, 
I thought that was a, a really good. A, a, a now, does good that one. movie point to what they believe as a no, suspect? No, it actually pointed uh, to Gull as yeah, the, as the Queen's the physician. Queen's oh, okay. physician, but it was it was well done in how what I liked about it mm-hmm. was how they portrayed the women. Right, the, these women there, and I thought they portrayed them with a lot of dignity and yes, a lot absolutely. of of care, uh, especially um, Catherine Eddowes, yeah, and uh, Mary Jane Kelly. What yeah. happened to these people is tragic, and it it, it did take a lot of license. You know, there's oh, sure. uh, it, it's not well, especially so accurate. much is unknown. Yeah, how can you not take license? No. Right. But it but it also showed just how I think the other thing that that struck me was how it affected the the. Aberline and his mm-hmm. his uh, assistant at the time, mm-hmm. and just how I remember them walking out of Mary Jane Kelly's house afterwards, both of them with tears in their oh, eyes, yeah. just so shocked and stunned at what they had seen, and I, that I found that unbearably moving because I thought, how could you not look at that and not think? How how is this possible? How right. can someone how can do someone do this? this? Yeah, to, it really humanizes that. people. Yeah, and, and I think that's the problem is we're so far away from yeah. Jack the Ripper. Like people think about Jack the Ripper, they just think about you know, the foggy London streets and the silhouette of the guy. Like, did you guys see the Baba Duke? Yeah, oh, the Baba Duke. Yeah. Yeah. That's that that image is yeah. taken right from Jack the Ripper right. of the creature with the top hat mm-hmm. that's just a shadow, Spindly, and it's easy yeah. to just just think of it as like a horror tale. And I mean. I do because I'm yeah. fascinated by it. Sure. But when you really put it in human terms, it's just awful. It it is it's to me it's another thing like the Titanic. Yeah. In, in which, when you think about the actual humanity of mm-hmm. it, it breaks your heart. And and it does for me, being a woman, knowing these women who lived such difficult lives anyway, mm-hmm. and to have that added bonus of being terrorized. And that's and, the other thing too is like. Killed. What do you want your legacy to be when you're gone? All of these women now, if if there is, let's just say, for sake of argument, there's an afterlife and they're up right. there somewhere. They're like, I'm just known as the whore that got killed by yeah. Jack the Ripper. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. Like, it really is. Yeah. Do you have a favorite uh, media about it, a movie, well, TV show, something I mean, like I, that? I think that the, the, um, the BBC one was good because it exposed the human sort of toll that it took on uh, Abilene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was, I, I think I'm going to have he, to check this out. I'm going to have to check this out. It's just called Jack the Ripper? I, I believe it's called just it, Jack the Ripper. It It's quite old, and, and but it, it's, it was just well done. Of course, Michael Caine is brilliant yeah, in everything yeah. he does. And, except but, American Yeah, accents. except American <laughs> accents. But it showed him as a very human person yeah. who, who had his own demons to, to fight. I think that's what From Hell missed. To be totally honest, yeah. I didn't feel a lot of humanity or compassion. No. It was just this is an entertainment, which is fine. Yeah, but yeah. but they also and I, I, I oh, don't sure. remember the guy's name, but they also uh, suspected that it was the uh, American actor who was yes. who was doing uh, Jekyll and Hyde. Hyde at the time. Yeah, I did remember hearing about an American. I can't remember what his name was that yeah. was a suspect because he went back to America and then like tried to strangle his wife to death or something yeah, like right. that. Yeah, and he was he was a suspect. I mean, they may and they were very clever in how each one of these suspects they gave you lots and lots of reasons mm-hmm. to suspect them because that was the truth. Everybody, every everybody around the corner was just like, it easily could have been that guy. Yeah. Oh fuck that guy over there! Look at him, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I will always go back to Ripper Street, even though it it dealt obliquely with the Ripper murders afterwards, mm-hmm. and it, it tells a much broader story. See you xenophobes but, out there. The lesson here is diversity actually helps. 
Yeah. Like if we have a more diverse population of people, it's really going to be easier to point out who a killer is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, though, because in, in Whitechapel's case, that was all it was. It was such a it was all these different languages and complexions mm-hmm. and characters and 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 all this. And, and every day the the ships were coming in, mm-hmm. just you know, sp- spewing out thousands more people and it just it was the perfect as you said it was the perfect storm it it was the thing that it was a an impoverished area and almost no one would be missed right especially prostitutes i mean if you look at almost i don't know 50 percent of of serial killers Mm mm-hmm uh, they go for prostitutes. They go mm-hmm. for hitchhikers, people who won't be missed for a while. Also, you can pick up a prostitute, and it makes perfect sense. If yes. someone sees yeah. a prostitute getting into a car, they're not going to go, oh, what's she doing? Yeah. Have you seen uh, uh, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer? No. you never seen that movie? It no. was. Uh, it's like a very documentary style. Right. It stars, uh, oh, fuck, what's his name? Uh, oh, he's the one that was in The Walking Dead. Michael Rooker. Right. Uh, it was one of his first movies, and it's very documentary style, but it's a fiction. He plays a guy who yes. is a serial killer, and most of the movie is just the most boring, mundane thing. You, It's just this guy who's kind of a loser, and his girlfriend and his brother or whatever are just living in this small, shitty apartment, and it's boring. <laughs> and then he takes his brother out, and they get a prostitute, right. and he strangles her to death. And you're just like, oh, this is like, yeah. this is just a normal guy who happens to every once in a while go out and and kill and it's just i can't remember what point i was gonna well if you look i'll tell you another uh, uh, if we're going in that direction another great series is one called happy valley that is um it it takes place in northern england okay and it there's a lot going on but one of the one of the underlying is is a serial killer who is killing prostitutes Mm -hmm. And again, they they treat these prostitutes with great dignity mm-hmm. and respect. And you see how little, even now, and it's, it's modern day, it's, it takes place now, but how little regard they have for, like, this young prostitute is manages to escape her, but her it, would-be killer. And, and she's treated like shit by right. some of the, the police. And, and she, you know, the other policemen are saying, why didn't you take her to the hospital mm-hmm. well she was just she said i'll tell you why you didn't take her because she's just a whore right she's just a 19 but i will whore. say that yeah. that's kind of the silver lining in the jack the ripper thing is that yes they were prostitutes but the people around them really did care yeah. like once they saw yeah. that even, even if they cared because they thought they might be next or whatever right they did kind of band together like oh, yeah. the the prostitutes in the area too yeah. banded together yeah. and tried to protect one another mm-hmm. obviously not that successfully but right. i mean it 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 did, and that is one thing that, if I remember correctly, from Hell actually did okay was the way it portrayed the the prostitutes. But I could be wrong. It's been a while since I've seen it. But anyway, I, I feel like this is as good a time as any to kind of wrap things up. Is yeah. there anything else you guys want to say? Yeah, anything else you want to give a shout out to? I, I thought this was brilliant. I'd love, uh, you know, please join us on Teddy and the Baseman because we'd love to to have you. Uh, and you can contact us at Teddy and the Baseman at gmail.com or on the Facebook. We are Teddy and the Baseman podcast. And uh, uh, check out Evan's amazing, well, amazing telling of my voice novel. dripping with sex. The man <laughs> whose, whose voice drips with sex. Uh, her minder, the book one, the doctor. Usually it's just slobber. <laughs> well, you were really bringing your A game. Well, thank you. <laughs> Trevor, anything you would like to give a shout out to? or, or... Uh, I'd like to uh, shout out to... Um, 
the the twat talk. Yeah, Absolutely. twat talk, of course. And uh, Alexander. Alexandra. Uh, Alexandra. <laughs> um, and also to the bearded ones, I'm sort of a. I'm yeah, a, you're a, a you're more bearded, bearded than I am one. right yeah. now. <laughs> it, it's become like a cult thing. Yeah. Thing now, you know. Oh, we're think about it's, it's spreading. You yeah. should. <laughs> you really should. I really do think I will. Well, thank but, you. I hope you listening have enjoyed this crossover. Thank you guys so much for letting me over to do this and and sharing you your awesome this. knowledge about <laughs> about the Ripper. Because I did a decent amount of research, but I should have known. You're just like, yeah, I know everything about it. <laughs> but, um, if you want to check us out, obviously you're listening to the Lucky Ten Thousand right now. But check out the other shows on the network. Not only Teddy and the Bass Man, but the Bearded Ones podcast as well. If you give us a five-star review on Stitcher or iTunes, we will read it on the air. We sincerely hope you have enjoyed the show, and I hope you got lucky tonight. Thank you for being a part of the Lucky 10,000 with your host, Evan. Email us at lucky10,000 at gmail.com. Find Lucky 10,000 on Twitter at lucky underscore 10k. And visit our podcast network site at beardedpodsnetwork.com.